Hey everyone, Chris here. We're excited to come back with an episode of Beers and Miles, The Elite Files. Our guest today is the Pride of Marinick, SUNY Geneseo's own, Alex Burks. We had an amazing time talking with Alex and ended up with tons of content. So we're going to be splitting this episode up into just a couple episodes for you guys. Uh, I don't think you guys want to hear three hours of content right away. So we'll split it up into two or three episodes. Uh, today's episode focuses on his high school and college career. And of course, we're going to be loading this up with a bunch of side stories and some random off-topicness. Um, hope you guys enjoy the show. And yeah, let's get back to it. Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we can manage to jump off topic with. My name is Chris, and I just got done uh, acting like a, what do you call it, a rodent on a treadmill, uh, or a rodent on a circle-y, whatever. I, I, I just spent my last hour just completely losing my mind on a treadmill, listening to podcasts, and trying did to you, make it through. Uh, hold on, can we, did you just forget the, the phrase hamster wheel? Did that just like brain fart on out of here? Rodent. That's how that's how much I was loose. Hey. Rodent on a circle. Yeah, that's how I. That's how awful it was to be running. That's how it feels like to chew five gum. Okay. Yeah. So we're starting that off already. I want to be paid in gum. Already, just... uh, paid in trident layers, please. Uh, thank you. Um. Yeah, uh, my name is Chris, and uh, I am the host of this shenanigan train of uh, off-topicness. Joining me today are our usual suspects. Uh, we have, coming to you live from somewhere in Columbus uh, for a short period of time before she uh, leaves all this coldness and uh, laughs at us in the sunny, sunny southern weather, we have Nicole. How are you doing, Nicole? Hi, I'm Nicole. Apparently, I'm under Chris. I'm doing great today. <laughs> I am doing very well because although I have been losing my mind all week running indoors on hamster wheels and indoor tracks that are like not even quite 200 meters long and like trying to do like a whole like shenanigan workout cut down on it. Yeah, that was not fun. Um, I am leaving this weekend um, for like almost the entire month and going to the warmth and the sunshine and probably the beach. So I'm great. I'm dandy. And uh, coming to you from out of quarantine now, we have our very own Keen. Hey guys! I don't know why I waved. I always feel like I wave when I'm on a podcast and it makes no sense. But we have Barkley here today too. He's just hanging out. And then, all, of course, all my vitamins and meds on my uh, my bed stand. So, yeah, just coming out of quarantine. Um, wrapped up my quarantine on sun- Sunday and officially went out yesterday. So I'm um, just trying to recover from, you know, being a real human again. It's, uh, it's tough getting your energy back. but The people want to yeah. know how many Sour Patch Kids does it take to cure COVID? Um, about 4,522. <laughs> you heard it here first. All while you can maintain your taste and smell. Would you say that that helped you maintain your taste and smell? I think so. In my head, I was like, okay, this is how I'm keeping my taste is by just eating these Sour Patch Kids and making sure that it's still there. Um, but I don't know if that was actually working. I think it was. I'm, I'm a scientist and I'm here to tell you that that scientifically sounds, that track. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, coming to us from uh, the land, we have Doodle Bob or Brent. How are you doing? 
For those uh, Dude, listeners man. at home who don't know, he's been wear- he's wearing a uh, Doodle Bob beanie. That's fantastic. Say, so got got this for Christmas, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm dealing with a little bit of a foot injury going on, but kind of taking it slow now. But uh, all in all, going going well. We're we're getting our mileage back up now, so things are looking up. If it would just warm up, that'd be great too. Hey, the beard's looking good though. I have beard product now. Well, you have beard product? Yeah. What do you use? I have I have this beard balm, and I have, like, beard oil and, like, a beard wash, too. So trying to trying to actually take care of it now. So Can you rank that on the softness scale? Um, how does that work My beard? out? Yeah, well, how does, the, how does it make your – how does the beard wash make your beard? How soft um, I mean, the beard wash is almost just like a – shampoo specifically for my beard but like the beard balm and the beard oil make it softer one out of ten use anything today so one out of ten uh the beard oil probably makes it like a seven out of ten and the beard balm probably makes it like an eight out of ten oh all right bomb that's bomb damn it all right well uh as always we're gonna remind you to uh yeah uh Go on iTunes or go on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you like the podcast, share it on your story. Uh, tell people about it. Tell your dog. Tell your friends. Tell people you don't like either. Maybe they can, uh, I don't know, start talking to you again. Um, and uh, this is our weekly reminder or a bi-weekly reminder because last time we did this is uh, to drink your water. Uh, I don't do it, but I'm going to tell you to because uh, Nicole yells at me otherwise. Listen, okay, like I said on, I don't remember how many podcasts ago this was or how many weeks ago, but if you just have this beautiful spaghetti sauce, you're not just going to dump it on some dehydrated, hard, solid noodle and chow down. I mean, no hate if that's what you do or that's what you like, but like, just think of how much better your life would be if your noodles were soft. And that's what, that's what your kidneys feel like when you put water in them. You heard yeah, you know, first, kids. Speaking of treating and by kidneys, water, you mean beer, pop, and coffee, correct? Yes, no! you do. <laughs> so we're drinking a, a shorts brew, uh, soft parade shandy. This is given to me by uh, Zachary Ornelas. I was hanging out with them this past weekend. This is a sh- uh, flagship fruit ale brewed with blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, and homemade lemonade. So uh, thank you for that great transition, Nicole. I think I have to talk about the beer. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to be treating my kidneys real well. Uh, instead of water, we're going to drink a little bit of beer. So, uh, hide your kidneys, hide your wife. Beer's coming down somewhere nice. It's good. It's a shandy. I needed this after this run. But Right on down the gullet. <clears throat> That's that's a weird one. Gullet is just like moist in my weird words of we Yeah. Alright. So I just loved the office episode where they were eating the hot dogs and they said shove it down your gullet. <laughs> that's why I thought oh. of the word. It's not normally in my vocabulary, but this it week it is apparently. today and it's immortalized in this uh this podcast. So uh Keen likes saying the word gullet. You heard it here first. Anyway. We are back with another edition of the Beers and Miles, the Elite Files. This week, we're excited to welcome the pride of Marinick, 
Senior Geneseo's own Alex Brooks. You may have seen him as the runner-up on the D3 Glory Days 2021 listener vote, which we had no part in him getting votes in. Alex is someone that we've been wanting to have on the podcast for quite a bit during the rough pandemic year. Brooks was one of those bright spots that gave us inspiration when we were all waiting to race for racing to come back. The story of Burks is the story of one man's hard work, perseverance, vision, determination, and sweat. But mostly his sweat. Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, Alex. Thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be here. Really, really excited for this one. How are you, uh, how are you holding up out there in Colorado? It's been a little bit snowy the past couple of days, but I really can't complain after the weather we've had leading up to this. And I'm sure that all that snow is just going to kind of melt away soon enough once the sun decides to come back out. I think you're sending it all to all of us right now. Sorry, what was that? I said, I think you're sending it all to all of us right now in the Midwest. Yeah, that may, may be. You know, I got we got to share the love, I guess. <laughs> you drinking anything tonight or uh, you are hydrating for uh, you know, I should, taking water? I, since since I since I literally just came in here right after work, I didn't I didn't pick something up. So maybe I can go and grab something real quick. Yeah, you can definitely go up and grab something. Quick, let's talk it. about you him now. You can grab it real gone. slow if you want too. <laughs> we, you, you should put it. in like the the Jeopardy chair theme song. pod chair pod chair pod. So, uh, is that leather? So Burke's yeah. chair. That's leather. That is a very nice chair. That's a very nice chair. I, I I took I took Burks for a for a gaming chair guy. Next elite files, can we have this chair on? I'm sure it like rolls really fast. Is it not like a gaming chair? It looks like one kinda. Or do they yeah, have like the little padding? Around no, I think those are one of those chairs where like <laughs> you you have it like you come in somebody's office come into somebody's office and then they turn around and say I've been expecting you. It's ergonomic. That is a Sopranos chair. How much you chair got Lower back support and extra cushioning. Does lumbar, that have a massager? Lumbar support. Yes. Yeah, lumbar support. There we go. <laughs> that is a lumbar chair, if I've ever seen one. All right, here we go. We got it. We got it right here. Uh, Crooked Stave, one of my one of my favorite local breweries. Love it. Uh, and it is. Uh, Utka, a white Russian imperial stout with milk sugar, vanilla, cacao, and coffee. So Ooh, there we go. That's something that a little bit different. I think that's probably the uh, best, most interesting beer that anybody on the podcast has had so far. Sorry, Herman. This is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we you just know, got done talking about your chair while you were gone. Oh, my chair? Yeah, it's... Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that chair. Uh, it is a, you know, high-quality luxury chair purchased from Ikea and assembled right here in my bedroom. Who? You assembled it yourself? Assembled in America, course, everybody. Because it's, 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 it's an Ikea chair, and you have... Anything from Ikea, you have to assemble in your home, so... I just want to know if you, read, like, were able to read the directions or if they sent you astray. Um, no, so Ikea's directions are, they, they don't actually really write it in any language because they're so international, so they're just little pictures for you to follow along with. And the pictures do enough to, you know, make it so that someone like me is able to put this together. 
So now you thought we were going to talk about your running, but we're really just going to talk about your furniture assembly skills this whole time. Tell or us about your furniture your assembly skills um, at this <laughs> University of New York, Geneseo. <laughs> um, well, you know, we we didn't have a lot of furniture assembly skills that we learned at Geneseo. We did have a lot of dumpster diving skills, and that's how we got a lot of our furniture. Uh, Would you say that that's helped you become the IKEA assembler that you are today? Uh, Almost the opposite. I would probably say that that having a girlfriend with standards of living has probably managed to to take me away from the dumpster diving and towards the IKEA assembly route. We are really proud of you here at the Beers and Miles podcast. Thank you for turning your life around. Dumpster diving is is financially sound. Oh, it, it's the way to go. Free, free ninety nine. Anything you get out of that dumpster. Dumpster Save diving is a cornerstone of our country. Yeah, exactly. I used to, in college, there was, this, there was this bagel place when I was in college, and they used to you put got their, dumpster like, bagels? Yeah, they put their day-olds, like, they would set them out, and, like, we would take them and give them to a homeless shelter, because they would just be, like, they would take the bag out to the dumpster, and they would just sit there, and that's not cool. Not laughing now, Brent. Not laughing now. Well, I mean, I ate some myself, too, because I was, like, a poor college student. But, yes, we took them to a shelter. I can't say... I feel like dumpster bagels are worse than dumpster furniture. I I can't say that, like, dumpster food is something I ventured into once. I know that we gave gave a lot of crap to one of our our housemates when he took some maple syrup, a maple syrup bottle that he found in there. It was unopened, so, like, that's, that's very reasonable, but... It, it, I don't know, food from the dumpster does not work quite as well as furniture. I feel like you can clean up the furniture a lot better. Well, in my defense, it hadn't actually gone in the dumpster yet, so it was like... There, okay, there we go. So it's, it's, it's leftovers that were going to be thrown out. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I, like, I would definitely hide inside of a dumpster to, like, receive them, to, like, actually say that I've been dumpster diving. I actually didn't do that, but, like, I would do that, hypothetically. You just have the bagel store play a bagel store employee just go in like Kobe and then it hits you and it's like oh shit. You know, I would really like I I would really like, you know how they have like those side panels that open up. I would like to be like the dark Kermit, you know, like are you really gonna get rid of that? You really gonna get rid of those? <laughs> you just Oscar the Grouch in it. Yeah. <laughs> Pop out. Like, are you sure you're gonna throw that away? Listen, Let's Oscar the Grouch link. when I was growing up was my idol. Like, I loved Oscar the Grouch. I aspired to be Oscar the Grouch. Because he's just, he's so cool and so grumpy. So, you know. We got off topic so fast this time. <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about your really actually awesome accomplishments. So. That don't involve so, furniture. What, what, we, what, the, what the podcast wants to know is, uh, did you experience a very grumpy childhood? And how did you get did into I running? Did a very grumpy childhood? Um, I was... <laughs> somewhat of a of a grumpy child i guess i would say like i i I definitely like didn't get along very well with people in like elementary school and like needed to kind of figure out how like to socially interact with people i mean i still do but in a very different way now that i'm no longer in elementary school um the one thing that i could say about like childhood with relation to like grumpiness and running and sports is that I never wanted to do anything sports related or athletically related until like late into middle school. Uh, So overall, I'd say 
I I was grumpy, but the childhood itself maybe wasn't. I I I enjoyed the time that I spent in uh, in in Mott in my youth. So your I guess yours is very different than a lot of people because a lot of people we've had on the Elite Files have had some kind of like other athletic experience. Like you have Fahey somehow like a like a superstar basketball player, baseball player, and he went into running. But what were you into, I guess, early on before you started running? Um, the one, the one thing that I that I did outside of uh, of school that was still like connected to school but wasn't sports is I was a mathlete. I I was part of the math club at my uh, my middle school for a while, and it was actually I was also the... a mathlete. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I love the I love the math Olympiad stuff. And of course, I didn't end up being a math teacher, but a science teacher. But uh, no, I I, <laughs> I really uh, yeah I, I enjoyed math club. It was fun. It was a good group of people that I got along with really well. And uh, it was really just the fact that when I was in eighth grade, math club didn't exist. That I was like, oh, okay, I guess I have to do some other after school activity because that was the one thing. My mom just didn't want me like coming home and playing video games every day. She's like, just do one after school thing. So for a while, I was in math club. And then eighth grade, I was like. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do cross country because my friends told me that it's really easy and you can just walk at practice and that's that. Let's say when did walking transition to running? Um, I think it varied like day to day. Like some days we'd run for like ten to fifteen minutes. Sometimes we'd like run for two minutes and then once we were past the tree line, we'd just walk or even stand around and hang out and then come back and tell the coach that we you know ran the entire time. Uh, but like once I was a freshman, like I was actually in high school, like that was when it was no long, like there was actually a coach that would tell us what to do. And we had like real, real workouts that we would, uh, that, you know, he would observe us doing. And there were also, you know, like people who were actually fast and who were, you know, four years older than me and, uh, and like knew what they were doing. And that was when I started to be like, oh, it'd be really cool to be that fast, but probably not going to be me. So. <laughs> made you decide to stick with it when it became like more serious like oh my god we can't just walk to the tree anymore we actually have to run and get good at this so i think it was the incredibly small pool of people that i was able to compete against at the first couple of meets and like going to you know the 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 jv invitational where i ran the freshman race and placed eighth and got a medal and I was like, oh, I got a medal. This is so cool. Of course, I had just run like a mile and a half in like 11 minutes or something like that. And, and But I <laughs> I think it was that. It was like that sense of like, oh, I accomplished something. And, you know, as I started to want to accomplish more and train more, you know, it, it just it, it got it got uh, infectious. And I, I actually wasn't even going to do indoor or outdoor track my freshman year because I didn't when I was in eighth grade. I just did cross country and and that was it but some of the people on the team when I asked them I was like hey like is indoor track fun they're like yeah no you should really do it and I was like yeah, okay what's the worst that could happen as much as as much as indoor and outdoor track weren't as fun as cross country I just always viewed them as like a necessary evil oh see at first I actually really like there was a point where I enjoyed track more than cross country so I was like totally I was totally into it because I'd also, I'd never run on like an indoor track or an outdoor track. And we had really, really nice ones down downstate New York. I mean, we pretty much all of our indoor meets would go to the Armory in New York City. And that's like the coolest place to run in high school ever. And we'd do like our, like our league championship meet there. 
So like it was, it was actually really, really cool. And I definitely think that's part of what got me into it. That's insane. Just like as a high school kid, just being able to run him on yeah. one of the most iconic tracks this, in the country. This guy going and running like a, a 526 mile on like the armory track as a freshman, not even, not even knowing that it's like this, you know, place that pros race. Cause like I'd, I'd look at the record board and be like, I don't know what any of these mean. I know they're a heck of a lot faster than I run, but like it, it, it didn't like hit me until I was in college and I was like, oh, this is what most people's indoor tracks that they go to are like. It's like a college like gym area. It's not like, you know, a track that was built to host track meets. You went from uh, the the pinnacle of indoor tracks to uh, the uh, dinky D3 uh, indoor <laughs> tracks that you have to deal with. Hey, the, 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 circ, the circuit Brockport's a really nice place. At one point, it held the indoor pole vault world record. Wouldn't an indoor pole vault world record just happen anywhere that has, like, a roof on it? No, because it was uh, who 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 was it? Uh, let me just let me make sure. Was it, was it the, Morris and again? The indoor women's pole vault record. Uh, let me make sure I got I get it right. I'm I'm pretty sure it was like like Jen Sure or something like that. But yeah, no, it was it was the it was like the in, it was the indoor pole vault world record. Oh, it's been broken since. Well, that's unfortunate. Then wasn't there's the progression should be at the end of the Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. F oh, yeah, yeah. It was Je yeah. It's Jennifer Sure. Oh, it's still the it's still the pole vault world world record. Yeah, yeah. She she jumped uh, five point zero three meters at and it says in Brockport at the Cirque. Yeah, it was uh, it was January thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Sheesh. Yeah, I wasn't at that meet unfortunately, but I was there like one week later. And is there a separate world record just because of like the elements? I'm not as familiar with track as. <laughs> yeah, there's there's in there's indoor world records and outdoor world records. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for both uh for basically everything. So. But yeah, like, Jen Shore lived in the area, and one day she just went and broke the pole vault world record at the track that I ran at in college. So I guess I've always just, been on on decent tracks at least. Just casually, just going out there and doing a world record. Uh, uh, flying over a world record that's awesome exactly yeah <laughs> so at what point did it change from like i mean being just a high school kid i'm a i'm like on cross-country track person to like all right let's start like i'm competing now um so i had like some real serious like noob gains like when i was starting out because i literally had never done anything athletic in my life like i i tried out for soccer when i was in like third grade and like hated it and was like no i'm so bad at this, this is the worst um so fre freshman year i went from like a like just barely breaking six to running like I think it was like 5.06, 508 or something by the end of the outdoor season. And then sophomore year, I remember the exact moment where it all like changed for me. And it was at the the county champion, Westchester County Championships in, geez, was this 2012? Yeah, yeah. Westchester County Championships 2012, ran the 1600 in 433. And I think it was like a 15 second PR or something. 
in the mile. So, or yeah, 1600, not full mile, but uh, yeah. And that, that was when everything like changed for me. And I was like, oh wait, like I'm like not bad at this. And uh, from from there on out, the the, the gains were were slightly uh, more more subtle. But I mean, they're still like you're in high school every year. You're getting older, developing more. So you're still just going to improve by growing. Uh, but I think that was the moment where like it became like a real thing for me, where I was like, oh, like I think I'm a runner, and I want to like keep doing this and keep pursuing this for a very long time. And you ended up doing pretty well from there. So just looking at, uh, we did find your uh, SUNY Geneseo freshman year bio, which is oh, a little yeah. burnt. It's a good pretty, one. Pretty good. Pretty good. So I guess just a cap, I mean, four times Section 1 League 2B, that's a really long name, Section 1 2B yeah. champion, <laughs> all section 2313, Westchester County 3200 meter outdoor champion 2014, six-time MVP, Mamaroneck High School's top male in 2014, Scholar Athlete Award from 2011 and 2014. But you you also did concert band, conductors award for concert oh, yeah. band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I I love band. If like if oh man, if I had more time, like I would just be practicing every single instrument that I played in high school. I loved music so much. But yeah, no, I I played trumpet since I was in like fourth grade. I was in the I was in the jazz band too, which met before school like like two or three times a week, and um, and then yeah for for a while in concert band I played trumpet, but then senior year I decided that in concert band I wanted to play French horn, and in jazz band I wanted to play trumpet, and I remember my band teacher being like yeah I mean we don't have any French horns like we could definitely use one, and he's and he gave me one to like fiddle around with like during lunch one day I came in. And like within like you know the span of like 30, 40 minutes or something, I like now knew how to play the French horn because like the the transition from trumpet to French horn just like isn't that difficult, but like it's difficult enough that he was still like like dang like that was that was quick, um, but yeah no I I love playing in the band I was totally like if if I wasn't running I would have just been like solely a band geek for sure. So high school Brooks is juggling school band and. Uh... And running pretty well too. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. And uh, and it, well, I think what made it a lot easier is that like I kind of knew like what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go to college and everything. Like the college decision process wasn't super difficult for me. Like I knew that a SUNY school was going to be most affordable, and at that point I was thinking about going to medical school. So I knew that I didn't want to spend a lot in undergrad because I was thinking I was going to have to spend a whole lot post grad. But instead, it just meant that I didn't have quite as much debt as uh, as I maybe could have uh, <laughs> heading out in college, which was fine because eventually I decided to not go down that path. But yeah, I think I think just like knowing what I wanted and kind of uh, and and being I, I I feel like I was pretty reasonably good with scheduling time uh, in high school too. So it, it didn't seem and and I guess the other thing too is that I, I enjoyed all of it, and so like it just didn't seem like a lot of work because I was really enjoying myself. So to cap off high school, what would you say, a uh, couple highlights from high school, high school running? Oh boy. Um, it's, it's hard to pick, and it's got to be somewhere between uh, getting male athlete of the year and uh, winning section one class A championships, but also making the outdoor state meet. So I'll quickly recap each of those. 
the Section 1 Class A meet was nuts because at County Champs, like, something weird happened during the race, and, like, I just couldn't, like, keep running, and I just, I dropped out, and I wanted to be county champion so bad, and I figured that cross-country was going to be one of my only chances, because there were a lot of other really good people in the county, but I seemed to be the best at, at cross-country and, like, distance stuff, um, so that was just, like, devastating, like, having to drop out of that race, but then I came back two weeks later and won Class A championships to go to the state meet. Which, by the way, was also epic because the year before I missed the state meet by one spot. Uh, so coming back and winning it was like so, 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 so cool. Um, the making states for outdoor track was neat because I actually didn't qualify in the race. In the race, I was second and didn't have the time standard. And for anyone who doesn't know, for the New York state meet, if you come in second place in your section, you need to have a time standard. And it was like pretty freaking fast for class A. I think it was like 918 or something like that in the 3200. Uh, and at the time my PR was only 924. So I needed to win the race, but the guy who won the race ran like 906. Um, <laughs> but then he doubled back in the steeple the next day and also won the steeple. Cause you know, that's just the thing that normal high schoolers do. Uh, shout out Brian Cook. Uh, cool guy went to Fordham I believe but uh, <laughs> he he then after running the steeple was like yeah so I was just kind of trying to see how like the 3200 steeple double would feel and uh, kind of felt terrible so I'm just gonna run the steeple I'm gonna scratch from the 32 I was like ah, that means that I get to go to the state meet and I had made it at cross country and indoor both for the first time ever and so then I also got to make it to outdoor. So I got to make all three state meets my senior year, first time ever going. So like that was super, super cool. That was such a good feeling. Uh, it's, it's crazy to hear the differential. So like in 2010, I qualified to the Ohio state meet in the 3200 and I ran 940. So to see that like, or three, four years later, the fact that you had to run 22 seconds faster to even be like eligible to, to make it to the state meet is, is nuts. I, it just shows how quickly I think running is progressing. Yeah, it, it also didn't help that like I was in one of the more competitive sections in the state and there was like a division one and division two state meet depending on school size. So like division two state meets, there were definitely people who were in like the 940s or even like 10 minutes or above that were making it there. Uh, so I just, I, I was a little bit unlucky too with like where I was positioned and all that. Um, and then the, la the, last, the last highlight was the making school athlete of the year. And that mostly just had to do with the fact that uh, there were a lot of people who would just like write off, you know, oh, like cross country running, whatever. It's not like anything important or whatever. But I think the thing that was most satisfying about that was that my mom was there with me at that athletic awards dinner. And we had no idea that I was even like up for that award or that it was an award. And, uh, and when they brought it up, she got to like stare down every parent in the room who when I was in like elementary and middle school was like, your son doesn't do sports. You should make him do sports. And she was always like, I don't know. Like he just doesn't really seem to like them that much. So she got to like stare down every parent in the room who had made their kids do like travel soccer and private sports lessons and be like, ha, my kid came out on top. So like you won an award, but also your mom got to be like the pettiest person in the room that day. I really, I admire your mom. Yeah. 
she she didn't say anything, but it was definitely just like the yeah no I ah so yeah it was was such it was such a good feeling it really was. That's awesome. That's fantastic. (laughs) So you were saying that you kind of had an idea of where you were gonna go, but there is I mean for people that don't know there's there's a lot of SUNY schools. How'd you end up at Geneseo? Yeah, so this is this is kind of where I get into um, you know the, the 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 light of my life, the the man who is who has made me the person I am today, uh, my my coach and mentor in many ways, uh, Ben Walk. Uh, he and I actually went to the same high school, Mamaroneck High School. He was a senior on the cross country team when I was a freshman, and he was one of the people who told me, uh, you should like yeah you should keep running like you should do indoor and outdoor track and whatnot and somehow from looking at me running not impressive times as a freshman in cross country he said no like you can be you can be good and at the time i thought that like ben was like the fastest you could possibly be there's like ben and and tommy vandenberg were like the two people on the cross country team i was like it can't be faster than that it's not humanly possible he runs 436 in the mile that's so quick and uh (laughs) so that was like that was always like a funny thing for me to look back on um but yeah he just he kept on believing in me and like even after he graduated we'd go for runs over the summer and whatnot and he just every time would talk about uh, him being at SUNY Geneseo and uh, and what, what they were doing there. And I would just be like, oh, that sounds so cool. That sounds so cool. And uh, eventually, you know, I went up there for uh, like a like unofficial visit, just like to check out the campus because my family was, I don't know, I think we went to like Watkins Glen or something like that. And it was close enough by that we decided to go and check it out. And then I went for an official visit and like I was just, completely sold uh it was just such an obvious choice for me from both a running perspective location um like all that stuff it was just i i knew that that was where i wanted to end up but uh it was definitely a lot of hard-fought lobbying from him (laughs) you know like chris said that there's a ton of like suny schools and i really wanted your answer to be like i took a map of new york and a dart and whipped it at the wall and wherever it landed was the SUNY school, the, the SUNY school that was closest by, that's where I went. But oh, I guess man. like Ben is cool too. So, you know, going there yeah, to yeah. for him and the culture of the school, like that's acceptable. I'm just going to c- c- keep my head cannon that you threw a dart at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not here to, to trash on any other SUNY schools, although I would love to, uh, just not publicly. Uh, but but I'll, I'll I'll just say that your mileage may vary with with all of the different SUNY schools with both af- academics and running and it was pretty well known that like it was like a like Geneseo was was like the best D three running school and academically if you wanted to go to it uh, along with you know Binghamton and Stony Brook which were both D one and D one just I don't know it just never really. The, the sound, like, I don't know, the idea of it never really appealed to me. I just wanted to be doing it for fun. Would you say that it wasn't D1 for you? What? Yeah, it wasn't D1 for me, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> I think Chris is about to D1. leave. Yes, they, they were not they were D1s, D1s for me, yes. Don't worry, I got it. <laughs> you ended up in the right place, it sounds like. I absolutely did for so, so, so many reasons. Is, uh, is Walk also the person that got you into track talk? 
he was he was one million percent the person who got me into track talk so yes if, if it wasn't for ben i also never would have met you i, I don't want to say never but like it would have been a lot less likely that this all would have happened because you were uh you were a, were you a spike nerd in uh in high school or did that come in after I uh, yeah pretty much from like the so yeah I remember when I was a freshman and uh one of the guys on the team let me like try on their track spikes and I was like I, I, I like didn't even know that like you know there were I thought I thought that running shoes were like you know the Nike Air Max 360 no scope bricks like I didn't I didn't think that like there were actually like r- you know real running shoes that you used in different scenarios so like from the moment I got my first pair of spikes, I was like, oh, these are really cool. And I remember the first pair I got, it was, well, the first pair of cross spikes I got were the, um, the, the Brooks, um, oh my God, no, I'm blanking. It, it was, it, they were the, they were the yellow and black Brooks cross country spikes. The mock? Uh, the mock, the, yeah, they were the mock sixes, I think, or something, or no. I like had that mock, pair too. Yeah, but they were, they were the, they were the, the black and yellow ones, yeah. Um, had and that the pair. first pair of aspects I had were the Saucony Endorphin MD2s. Um, those were those were sick. I loved those. I believe I have those too. I somehow still have them. Uh, well, we're also opening up a new beer. What's that? That's not a beer. That's a smooge. I can see it from here. Yeah, this is smooge. Uh, this is <laughs> from the lab. This is a Berry Blast Hard Seltzer Smoothie. Because we're keeping it really light right now, uh, until I bring something stupid out at the end of it, and uh, hopefully I don't end up like, uh, oh, this is actually really hard. It's it stopped pouring because it was so thick. Uh, yeah, this is weird. I don't like that. Yeah, Geneseo was uh, was close by to to Mortalis Brewing, which has those really really thick fruited sours. But luckily for me, I I didn't even like really drink beer at all until like after i graduated i just i was not about that life while i was actually in college and now you're really into beer so everybody's happy yes yeah and somehow also (laughs) faster significantly significantly faster you're like living the dream of beers and miles yeah exactly doing beers and also doing fast miles when when i i, I can remember when like chris followed me on instagram because i mean we'll have to we'll have, should we just like tell the story of like how we like met each other as people and not as like little icons on a like a a, a running web forum absolutely okay so i mean yeah we have to like fast forward a bit in the running career but like after I ran my my half marathon PR in like I think it was November 2020, um, I think Chris had seen you saw you saw my running uh, like my my race report on Reddit I think it was yeah I saw your Reddit report yeah I had, I don't even go on yeah, so I, you... I didn't even go on advanced running very much and I was just like ah well like one of my best friends here is a big like advanced running guy so I was like let's check that out. So yeah, so he so he went on and he saw my report for that half marathon. And I I was super psyched. I ran like like 65:34. I think it was like a minute and a half PR for me or something like that. So I I was like super stoked about it. So I wrote this big report on it. And uh, through that, Chris also saw that saw my Strava because I'd linked my Strava to the race in the post. 
And then uh, through my Strava, he found my Instagram and followed me on Instagram. And I saw, I remembered seeing someone named Beers and Miles followed me on Instagram. And I was like, that's sick. Like that's, <laughs> like that's me too, except maybe not as much to an extreme once I started looking through your, uh, your Instagram and whatnot. But I was like, I was like, oh, like this guy gets like all like look, goes and searches out all the like same like crazy stuff, like the rare stuff that I do too. And I was like, oh, like I recognize that beer and that beer, but then it wasn't. And so he, he had been in my DMs like a few times when I had posted on my story about like, oh, I went to the, you know, Goose Island, uh, like release and I went and got all the, the BCBS variants or something. He's asking me like, oh, how are they? Like stuff like that. And I, I love talking with, with people like in just random people in Instagram DMs. It, like it's, it's great. It's so cool to get to interact with people that way. Um, but I remembered then one time Chris posted a picture on his Instagram of a pair of Jasaris and Harambees. And, and I, I was just, or it was, I know Jasaris were in there. I think, were the bees in there too? Do you remember? Yeah, so some, some kid on Historic Running, I think, had posted about like something about spikes. And I was like, you know, just the Harambees are just like, they are... The Jasari upper and the spike plate for the Eldorette. So, like, I went through like an entire story saying, "This is what this is. Look at this. It's the like, same exact upper." And then I just like had some fun with it, and then I went from there. So, like, in in the, I, I don't want to say like the like the craziest, just like random thing for me to DM him about ever, but like it was kind of out there, but not that out there given the context. Like, I just, I said, like, oh, my God, like, you know about, like, Jasaris and, like, Harambees. Is there any chance that, like, at one point you posted on Track Talk? And, like, from there he was like, yeah, yeah, I, I had two accounts. I had XC Chris and Run the Night. And I was like, those are the, oh, you had the Sock Puppet, like, profile. And and I was like, yeah, I was XNR7. I had the Mo Farah as the Scream. And he was like, oh, my God, like, and... And that was it. That was like the moment that sparked all of it. And then he invited me into like a Facebook message group with all like a bunch of track talk die stat people. And then we had then we had the Discord going, and uh, and yeah. And from there, not even what like six months later, he was sleeping in my house for the USATF 50k championships. It was like it was like finding a lost brother. It was nuts. It's so funny because there's little pockets of that, and we'll end up. Uh, I've already talked to a lot of the score people. We'll end up doing a, a dice stat pod, but there's like little po- oh, like pockets of people. There's your regional places like Wisconsin had a big big following, New York had one, uh, and in California had their own little pockets. And uh, then from there you had the playground, which is where basically everybody in our little Discord came together. But then you had a little pocket on a, a other subset pocket with the Spike Forum. And those are the ones that kept, like, when Dystat died, we went to Track Talk. That's the only forum that was actually, like, active. And it was, like, people were still looking for spikes. So it was yourself, me, uh, Walk posted a lot, and then Brian Mutel, Brian Mutel, the uh, Mighty Mouse, he used to post a lot. And I actually went to visit him in LSU when I was in college just because I knew him from Spike Chats. And uh, Spike Chats and Spike Cats, because that was one of the best forums ever. Yeah, it was, Cats and It was just spikes. a whole... It was a whole thread dedicated to pictures of spikes and a cat. Any cats with spikes. It's great. 
Runner, runners these days will never know the joys of of, the, of those forums. I mean, oh, it was just so it was so great, so great. Ah, that was fantastic. So, <laughs> as this was relevant, but also off topic, but relevant. Uh, but let's talk about college. How did uh? Yeah. At that point, you, I mean, you started off pretty strong as a freshman because you won a race as a freshman, didn't you? Yeah, it was it was the first so the first eight k that I ever raced. Um, yeah, it was it was like some small invitational that everyone kind of sends their B team to, and uh, I'd actually done I ran really well at our um, at our like time trial that we run to like get first of all like who makes it on the team, which wasn't really the, the thing I was worried about, but I ran really well at our time trial. I placed like second, um, which of course it was a five k, and most people on the team you know were had been training for 8Ks for forever. Um, but even still, they made me run the first meet of the season because they just make all freshmen run it. And so, yeah, I managed to win that one. But, yeah, I had a, I had a good season uh, minus the national meet that year, you know, just, like, uh, was always placing in, like, the top five for the most part for our team. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a strong start. Got to, got to run all the mileage I wanted to. I was hitting, like, 85s as a freshman. Loved it. So you're joining a team that's pretty competitive, I guess, at the national level. You guys, uh, you guys are pretty consistently making it to the national championships. I mean, even just looking yeah. from the last couple of years, and uh, even from last year, you guys are you guys showed up as well. Uh, how was it going from um, from being a star at Mamaroneck to now you're competing? I mean, you you're expected to be competing on a on a traveling squad now. I think that yeah, the 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 big piece of that that was kind of like strange to me was um, was just like finding how I fit in with a team with like a bunch of other people who were just super super into running as well. Because like when I was in and this and this is crazy even to like think about still today coming in from a school that had a you know like my graduating class was like three hundred seventy something, and I'm not even kidding. I was the only male on the indoor track team from my grade from, from my grade of 370 people i was the only male from the who was a senior on my indoor track team like the and there, there were two like there were two or three other people who did cross country from my grade so like despite it being a, like a larger school it was a very small team and so going from that to a team of you know 28 people who were actually on the roster plus another you know like 50 to 100 that are just like associated with us either through track or otherwise that that piece was definitely really really uh interesting to overcome uh just because i i had never like interacted with that many people and was just like uh you know learning how to like socialize and all that stuff that's a <laughs> i think it's really understated as far as like going from from like I think most people have that experience running high level in high school under whether it's state level or even at their local high school, meeting the best person on their team and then going to college and being like, Oh, everybody else is like kind of the best person on their team too. Um, did it help also having yeah, Locke there? It, it was, it was, I think, yeah. So having, having him there as like someone who I could always go to no matter what I was going through, whether it was like academically or 
socially or running wise or whatever like having him there as like a pillar and almost like older brother figure was just like amazing uh i mean like it it really cannot be understated how important he was in like everything that i did uh in college and beyond like it was just it was so great to to have someone i could go to and either like bounce ideas off of or just hang out with and play smash on a you know weekend night or whatever uh, it was yeah, it was, it was awesome. And for anyone who doesn't know, you know, Super Smash Bros. Melee, no, none, none of that brawl stuff, none of the new stuff on the Switch or whatever. We were playing on a GameCube on a CRT TV, like in in the the up the upstairs room of some you know college shack. So none 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 of that fancy stuff. Who who are your who are your mains? Uh, I would say that if I were to pick a, up a controller right now, I would probably go with Jigglypuff. And back then, I was I would still probably say that like if I if I was going solely for the win, I would probably pick Jigglypuff. But if I was playing against like a good person, I might go with Fox or maybe Peach. I do have a really good. I I have a good Smash story that I can actually delve into for just a moment. Um, my senior year, I I didn't make. So spoiler alert: I never made an outdoor track national meet uh, or indoor track national meet. And uh, one of the things I decided to do was go drive out to nationals, which is in Wisconsin Lacrosse. Um, and so we drove like 14 hours in a single day in a single stretch in my little Toyota Yaris, which we shoved five people in there uh, to go 14 hours, literally one stretch with two five minute breaks to stop for gas and bathroom. Uh, and while we were there, uh, j j j just so that I, I, I don't reveal too much, we, we, we went out and had a nice night out on the town and stayed the night over with, uh, with the Wisconsin lacrosse track team. And uh, the next no the next morning, you know, feeling a little groggy and fuzzy, uh, woke up and we're looking around the room and the room I had slept in was the living room. And uh, I have to say it was really cool because they had all of the All-Americans that had been earned by people in the house up on like the molding around like the top of the room. And that was super sick. But the other thing I noticed is that they also had a GameCube. And one of the, and, and so I was talking to them like, oh, you guys have a GameCube. Like, that's so cool. Like, what sort of games do you play? And when they mentioned Smash Bros, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I play Smash Bros, like, the guy on the team, too. And there was one guy in the room who looked over at me and was like, are you good? And I was like, I mean, I'm, like, okay. Like, at, at the time, Smash had been, like, a kind of a little bit of a dying thing on the team. It was more of a thing that, like, the seniors and juniors played with when I was a freshman. But I could still, thankfully, keep up with them most of the time. It's like, yeah, like, I'm probably the best on the team at this point. And he was like, let's play. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I remember he picked Falco, I picked Jigglypuff, and, uh, and we played best two out of three, and I beat him 2-0. And the best part, too, was that uh, a, lot of, a lot of the people I lived with hated playing Smash with me because I was good and knew how to play it, and so they'd just, like, get upset about playing with me because I'd always win. But, and I imagine that this guy at the Wisconsin lacrosse track house was the exact same way. But the Geneseo people who were there with me wanted so badly, because we, we want Geneseo to win. We always say we love us. They wanted me to win so badly because they just love Geneseo. But the guys on the Wisconsin lacrosse team did not care. They wanted to see this kid that like probably 
like you know beat them up every night in smash they wanted to see him get whooped so they were cheering for me too so it was awesome <laughs> but you didn't feel threatened because you picked a uh, jigglypuff you said if you feel like you're you know gonna have a big competition you you go yeah to Fox, I, went, feel... I, I went with jigglypuff just because i figured that he probably hadn't played a good jigglypuff in a while and if you haven't <laughs> you don't know how to counter jigglypuff's aerials so yeah I, I i went i went with jigglypuff it was it was a strategic move and it played off he really got mad whenever i'd wall of death him off the map and then just recover with with side b and some strategically placed uh jumps yeah it, it was, it was i would say time. you should probably have gotten an honorary all-american on the wall for that wait no, wait okay no. well, i have a question awesome. yeah yeah, yeah would, yeah would you be the one earning the all-american or would jigglypuff no holding jigglypuff in his hand okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah i i i yeah i'd i'd need to like hold jigglypuff holding the all-american i do have an honorary honorary <laughs> all-american from d3 glory days though because i because Stu newstat said that i had a i was a one-time all-american in one of their podcasts and so i'm a zero-time all-american but in the eyes of i mean they're the, they're the official d3 podcast so you know i they they gave me an all-american i guess I would say being on the D3 Glory Days poll and coming in second place, I would say that makes you an All-American, too. So really, you're a two-time All-American. True. One with Jigglypuff, one with Instagram polls. When you I, heard I, it when, here first. And I, sh I should really be a national champion, because I beat that year's D3 XC national champion, too. So. Yeah, the transitive property, I think it's called. We, we love the transitive property. Yeah, like, what can I say? I'm not a national record holder in the women's 1500, though, for, for, the, for D3, though. And Emily Pomainville did beat me in the finals by design. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you could. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's a let's run uh, question that would have been asked to you. Yeah. <laughs> on having the, the 1500 record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so let's, let's talk a little bit about the actual runnings that happened at a. Uh, at CNE Geneseo. Um, so you did say you were a zero-time All-American, but there had to be some high points because otherwise you don't think you'd been still competing afterward. Yeah, I mean, there were certainly some times where I thought about hanging it up, but it, it just, I don't know. For, for me, it, the only times when like I was questioning it, it wasn't really a question if I was going to stop running. It was like a question if I was going to stop competing. But it just... I don't know. I, it, it was usually just like on a really bad day. I would just feel really down and like beat myself up over it. But then uh, I'd, I'd always come back and be like, oh, I want to keep going. I don't I don't think I ever really like in my mind, like quit competing until maybe like the three months following when I immediately graduated. But I'd say that like the biggest highlights for me from college were like team related things. So like even even though we didn't appreciate it in the moment, coming in second place at the national championship meet in 2016 is like a huge highlight and thing that I look back at. I literally have my like my second place trophy is like literally right here on my on my dresser. So uh, that's that that's something that I'm really proud of. Um, the this indoor suniac meets which is crazy to me because indoor track was probably like my least favorite season in college but the indoor suniac meet our conference championship against all the other d3 suny schools 
is like without a doubt something that I always look back at. And I'm like, if you could put me on that last lap of like the 3K at those meets, like that was the most adrenaline filled that like I've been in my life while running with like maybe exception to like one race post collegially. Like that, that to me was like the pinnacle of, of me enjoying running. So to finish off college here, Brooks ends up finishing with a, uh, let me pull this up real quick. Well, I can tell Based you on T-first. It's a 15-12 at the start more. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you got the, the PRs for somebody who's run now. We're not, we're, I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead on what you've run now. No, no, but... oh, no, no, no. You can tell, you can tell them my T-first 800 and 1500. They're amazing, but make sure, make sure after after you tell them the fifteen hundred, tell them what the three K is too, because that's my favorite. Oh, it's great. So uh, Alex Burks, actually, they don't even put Alexander Burks; they put Alex Burks yeah, here. Alex, yeah, um, I, always, I, I think I was always entered under Alex. I got about four, like three or four different Tifers accounts based on the name that they entered me in. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we have um, the eight hundred. 217.97 just dipped under the line to get under 218 we yeah, got the 1500 that was a good one. <laughs> you got the 1500 at 421.8 we got which is okay the yeah, mile is 429.30 lower, lower than my high school 1600 pr i'll have you know my high school 1600 pr was 420.71 i remember because my younger brother told me that if I ran 420.69, he'd give me 20 bucks, and I was two hundredths of a second off, and I was I was oh, mad, both because I didn't break oh. 420 and because I didn't I didn't get the 20 buck bonus. Uh, if you run 420.69 <laughs> or 1738 in a 5K, I think you could just just call it quits. You're done. You're good. Exactly right. <laughs> so so his his 1500 PR is slower than his mile PR. His mile PR here is 429.30. 3k 826.22 so my my, yeah, my my three wait wait so 413 back to back but my 1500 on tfers is 421 i i love that that's fantastic you have a 5k here is 50, 1454 that's true. Uh, and then we have a uh, 10k pr of 3037 yeah, I've never run faster than 14.54 on the track. I'm going to try and fix that this season, but we'll see. Sheesh. And then what's crazy here is, so you never made the national meet in outdoor, right? Correct. So you just had a bad year because 30.37, I've had friends that have made it at 30.37 before. I think I had a friend make it at like yeah. 30.40. So you just had a really, yeah. really tough year that year. Tough year, yeah. And I and it's I probably... knew it too because when I ran when I ran it at Bucknell it was like early it was like mid season at that point and I think I was like 17th and like top 20 qualified so I knew that wasn't gonna hold too so after that 3037 like nine days later I I ran Penn relays because that was like the one other like Northeast competitive 10k so nine days later I'm like you know what's a good idea trying to do that again but faster. And so nine days later, I ran, like a metronome, I ran, I think it was 30.42, five, five seconds slower in a 10K. Uh, so basically the same exact time. And after that, my body was just like, yeah, we're done. 
we're done. No more. And so I ran terrible at conference. Uh, and then I did, I, I did that Swarthmore 5K as like a last ditch attempt to try and make nationals. And I think for that 15-12, I went through the 3K in 847. So that tells you, that tells a really good story of a really tasty last 2K. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, uh, I, th I think that that like having those, those last two meets or whatever was kind of what pushed me to be like, all right, you know what? I, I said that I was going to go to outdoor nationals this season. I'm still going to go. It's just going to be as a spectator. So, I mean, and that's, that's for, for you at home. That's, uh, that's before the time of, of things like the dragonflies or, uh, this is those times where, like, when you run a 10K on the track, if you run it in spikes, it's going to take a quite a while to recover um, from that. Yeah, no, I, it, we, we tried looking through, like, the Geneseo archives to see if anyone had ever run two 10Ks within, like, less than 10 days in that time, and I don't think we managed to find it, and for good reason, because no one should be stupid enough to do that, but, you know, <laughs> right here. We thought it was a great uh, idea. There we go. Hey, we hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode of Beers and Miles, The Elite Files with Alex Burks. We had a ton of fun recording, and uh, we're excited to get back to you with the episode two. Uh, stay tuned for next week, where we have episode two of Beers and Miles, The Elite Files with Alex Burks. Have a great one.